don't stand so close to me or anybody else. Uh, it's social isolation time, and this week on the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust. And this week, of course, the only thing anybody's talking about is the coronavirus, the COVID-19, whatever you want to talk, call it, and the social distancing that is being encouraged, which is saving lives all over the country, places that have done it. A lot of tough news, uh, but a lot of bright stories in the community, too, and I'm going to share both of those things here. And let's first, let's start with the, the tough news. And then we'll talk about some of the rays of hope that I'm seeing in the midst of all this mess. And like everybody has seen the news, uh, the virus continues to spread and citizens are asked to practice social isolation to slow the damage. The places that have done it have really slowed it down. So far in South Carolina, we've not done a very good job. As of today, Anderson County has 68 confirmed cases of the virus and we've had three deaths so far. And as the testing expands, of course, those numbers are going to go up. Uh, we're going to have more cases. And also, if the percentages hold up from other places in the world, we're going to have more people die here. And it's very sad. Um, some of these cases are in critical condition. And many of us personally know somebody who is suffering from this virus. Some of you probably know some of the people who have passed away from it. It's a very sad situation. And it's understandable that they're pro prohibiting visits to the hospital. But because of this, so many people are suffering from not only the virus, but from other ailments because they're having to suffer alone because they can't have visitors. They're only allowing uh, end-of-life um, births and the parents of kids in pediatric care to show up at the hospital. So anybody else they're suffering is going to have to suffer by themselves for right now. It's a very sad situation. And meanwhile, our health care workers uh, on the front line, our educators, grocery store, retail store employees, our emergency workers and others are working overtime for the good of us all. And it's another large group of our friends and neighbors that are isolated at home, many of them have lost their ability to make a living, and especially those who are unemployed or self-employed or those who are employed in the service industry. It's been a really difficult time. Hopefully uh, some of the stimulus package stuff will help out some of our small businesses. We can't go through this and lose our small businesses um, and our locally owned businesses here because it would be you know, tragedy, this beyond belief to come back and not have a lot of the places that have been made this place special. Some of the places that are struggling, restaurants especially, especially those that are locally owned, are really trying to hang on right now. They're struggling just to survive. There aren't huge margins in the best of times for these places where the owners already put in very long hours and are pretty much dedicated their entire lives to the businesses. But when the state ordered the dining rooms closed, which they should have, um, the virus is a very dangerous and deadly thing. Many of these are still attempting to hold on by offering to-go food, which is a great stopgap. But my informal survey in Anderson suggests that most of the businesses in our restaurants, or most of the business in our restaurants is down between 80 and 90 percent from a financial standpoint. Some aren't, aren't even able to uh, pay the food bill. They're just trying to keep open so they can keep their employees paid. My hope is if you're listening to this and you can afford it and if you're still, you still have a job or still collecting a paycheck, you will order takeout from one of our local restaurants a few times a week just to show your support. If you want to figure out where the list is growing, it's by no means comprehensive, but the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust has a, created a new page called Food to Go. You can go to andersonobserveronline.com and just look for the Food to Go link and it'll offer a free listing uh, context. All these are free listings to uh, any local restaurant that's offering curbside delivery and or to-go food. So just visit theandersonobserver.com see that list. Uh, any other local business that, that sees that list and say, hey, I'm missing, just let me know and I will add you to that list as well. Again, it's free listing. Uh, we want to do everything we can to support our local folks during these days and any, anything the Observer can do to help, just get, let me know here. 
I could go on, but I don't think that anyone is unaware of the challenges and the dark days that we're having now and the, the times ahead. Um, many are taking this pandemic seriously. Uh, I know a lot of people who are staying home. I hope I'm starting to see, you know, less and less uh, traffic on the roads and things. But many people are not staying home. Uh, I'm still seeing social media posts saying this is, you know, they're not calling it a hoax anymore. They've moved from hoax to overstated. But South Carolina remains one of only a handful of states that have not issued orders to stay home. And we've only slowly begun to close many of the so-called non-essential businesses. That's a weird definition in many cases. I mean, look at public parks are closed. They've locked the tennis courts, but golf courses remain open and crowded. Um, the stores that are being allowed to stay open that are considered essential are beginning to uh, limit traffic. But the big box stores are still crowded and massive numbers of people who are not working are crowding into some of these places. I think particularly of Home, Home Depot and Lowe's where people who are builders or repair people or who need supplies to do their job are being crowded out by people who are just there because they're out of work or or home or supposed to be staying home and I know it's tempting to buy gardening, gardening supplies this time of year but it's just not wise and it's just not fair to the people who are having to go up there and get what they need to make a living. Um, please stay home. Please put the garden off for a few more weeks. It won't really matter. And now the CDC is telling us what many experts have been saying for some time. I think early on they didn't say this because they were afraid it would make even more of a shortage for our healthcare workers. They say wear a mask when you go out, just a cloth mask of some sort. I'd like to add gloves to that. Now, you got to be careful with gloves because if you put on a pair of gloves and think they're going to protect you all day, all you're going to do is carry germs all over town. But if you go somewhere and you have a pair of gloves, when you get home, if they're latex gloves, throw them away. If they're cotton gloves, throw them in the washing machine and wash your hands. you got to continue to wash your hands as much as you can. Gloves are no substitute for that. And also just take showers, get clean. If you go somewhere, come back in. The safest thing is just to take a good shower, get cleaned off, throw your clothes in the laundry and do that. Uh, there is no reason to be out unnecessarily spreading this thing, uh, or being careless, or even worse, uh, in some ways, to catch it ourselves. So we need to be careful. There are a lot of groups that are in and in, in high-risk high groups that we'll talk about a little bit more later. But in the middle of all this, I'm also seeing signs of a strong community uh, from the seemingly small things like social media posts I saw asking somebody where toilet paper could be found, which not only receives some ideas, but offers to share what other people already had, uh, to communities uh, stepping up to for one of our oldest charities in town that was on the verge of running out of food for the first time in 40 years. This has been a good time to remember we live in a place where at least a good number of our people do care and do share. Um, some of our corporations and companies have stepped up. There's a lot of others. You know, I mentioned briefly schools. People forget our all five of our school districts are feeding more than some almost a thousand the others more than a thousand people a day their their cafeteria workers are working their teachers are riding the buses there many of them are parking buses with wi-fi in neighborhoods so kids can uh, can use the wi-fi to do their, their schoolwork remotely um, they're using the bus routes to deliver food and it, people think well school's out school may be out for the students and it, that are not completely out although they're on a spree break this week most of them uh, the week ahead uh, but it is not out for a lot of the educators, the people who work in the cafeterias, the administrators that are doing, uh, I know a lot of the work are doing so much as even loading boxes, some of them, of food uh, on a daily basis. So there are a lot of people doing good things. Some of our companies have stepped up and, and done some good things. I know I'm only going to mention a couple here. There's lots of others that are, are doing some stuff. Uh, First Quality has given more than $2 million in, in, in financial and cash 
to some of that's going to aim and admin nowhere near two million dollars this is nation nationwide there but they are doing this to try to help help uh, care facilities and the charities on the ground in places where they have uh, factories and harbor freight just made a donation to habitat to their restore down there to allow them to get more than two thousand dollars in tools at no cost that they'll be able to use to help build affordable housing for those who need it um and you know some of like i, said, I mentioned earlier some of our restaurants have really gone out of the way to try to keep their employees uh, drawing some sort of salary. Um, Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill has been a longtime supporter and sponsor of the Anderson Reserver podcast, and he's always been there to support the community. I've said over and over again, anytime a charity popped up and uh, Sullivan's was first in line to to offer the best food and, and the best things. And Bill Nickus and his wife Sabre, who just passed away this year, um, came to Anderson to downtown when nobody wanted to be downtown and they really are responsible more than any other single business for kicking off the renaissance of downtown Anderson by bringing world-class food. The Sullivan's has been repeatedly recognized as one of the top 100 restaurants in the United States. Uh, there are only two in South Carolina, the others in Charleston and they've done everything they could. They've got carry-out food now and even delivery for for uh, larger orders but this has hit them very hard and I know Bill Nickus has had a a very tough couple of years with his family and his wife passing. Sabre was a, a, a institution there. Her desserts were famous all over. And I know this has been a tough time for him to try to keep his employees busy and try to keep money coming into them while trying to keep his restaurant open. So keep in mind these people and keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers. And if you don't have any money, just say a good word for them and thank them for being there and thank them for what they've done. And if you do still have an income and can afford it, order order out from some of these local places. At uh, You can go to andersonobserver.com and look at our food to go, and it lists a, a pretty long list of our local folks, and it's not exhaustive. It's being added to uh, almost daily now. Well, last week, uh, AIM made a commitment to f make sure that no matter what was happening, they'd continue to feed our friends and neighbors in this area that are in need, uh, particularly during this difficult time. But sadly, the food supplies had run very, very low, the lowest they had run in 40 years. And I talked to the AIM founder, Christy King Brock, this early this past week. Um, and then I talked to her three days later. And I want you to hear both of the interviews and hear what happened in a short period of time. Both of them are fairly short. But here are the two interviews I did with Christy King Brock about what was happening and the, the, the dire need and how the community stepped up. Um, okay. Just remind everybody real quick where we're at uh, in terms of what, what AIM is trying to do, I guess, first with the food and then the other stuff and how, how intense the need is right now. Okay. Um, well, we really have assessed the work that we did here at AIM, and our focus is on food insecurity and making sure that people have food. So the efforts have really been um, funneled to our food ministry. Uh, we're currently feeding Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 o'clock. Uh, we have created a drive-through approach um, to reduce the amount of direct contact. Um, that our staff and our clients are having. Um, unfortunately, we have um, told the volunteers that we can't use them at this time in an effort to protect them. So many of our volunteers are older and uh, have some maybe compromised health issues. And my job as the executive director is to protect my staff and protect my volunteers. So the staff here at AIM has um, come together and are working to make sure that we are getting food out to people in need. Um, our supply, we have some supply now. Um, I'm very concerned that that supply um, is 
going to be depleted. Um, the A lot of the food that we get and are able to disperse comes from grocery stores with surplus. Um, needless to say, if you've been to the grocery store lately, you've seen that there is no surplus, right. especially when it comes to meat. <clears throat> so um, we are just urging folks to consider making a financial contribution to us. Um, that way we can buy food in bulk. Uh, we can also decrease the amount of direct contact uh, by having it shipped in, and we can give more consistent packages. Um, if people prefer to actually bring a donation, uh, we're encouraging them to consider canned meat, dried beans, rice, and those types of things that um, have more protein, peanut butter and jelly, um, to give to our clients. Right. So the best way, though, is for somebody to just make a financial net, because then y'all can actually order meat and get it in frozen in bulk and save a lot of money. Yes, yes. That That's the preferred way. But I know some people feel very strongly about wanting to bring something. Sure. Um, also, that decreases their risk by not having to go to pick that up and right. bring it to us. So, um, what, but, what um, yeah, if, um, if uh, hmm. have, have supplies ever been this low that you can remember in all these years? Um, not supplies as far as perishable. Um, right. Because, again, there's just not produce left over. There's right. not meats left over. There's no milk. There's no um, eggs. There's no cheese, which we're, we're normally used to getting on a regular basis from the grocery stores. Right. Um, this is not expired food, but it's, you know, a day or two out. Right. Um, our folks use it immediately, so it's still, you know, been definitely within that window of time that they can use it. Um, so, yes, this the bears that I've ever seen that type of um, perishable product that we're able to give to our family. So mostly we're giving them um, non-perishable items for the most part. Yeah, uh, and, and y'all are trying in, in very limited fashion to continue other things, but that's very limited right now, right, your other ministries? That's correct. We are very uh, blessed that the utility companies have suspended disconnections. Um, at this time, so we can focus um, on the food ministry. Uh, we are trying to come up with some processes where people can go online and do a virtual orientation, get the paperwork they need, and bring that paperwork back to us um, so that we're trying to deal with um, the anticipated bottleneck that will happen at the end of this crisis. Um, just trying to be proactive. We don't have all those processes in place yet, um, but for folks that need our help in that area, Stay tuned. Check our website frequently because that's how we'll get the information out. Well, I tell you, really appreciate all y'all are doing, and I'll keep trying to let people know what's going on, and we'll keep them updated, and hopefully people will step up and you'll be able to order what you need to get through this, this crisis time, Christy. Thanks for calling. Hey, thank you, Greg. Uh, you know, um, we're celebrating 30 years yeah. um, this year, and 25 years ago, we kind of thought, um, what would Anderson be without AIM? That was kind of our imagine Anderson without AIM. Uh, I can honestly say this is the first time in my 30 years that um, I really have been able to step back and say, wow, that could really happen. And that's frightening. And, and like you said a while ago, that's 700 families who are going to be hungry. 
Uh, and I know that the other thing, we won't discuss all this right now, but I know the other thing is y'all are not just handing out food. Y'all are working with people to help them work their lives out and get move on and improve themselves. And y'all really done a lot in the last few years to really focus on helping people change their lives as, as you help them along. And I don't, like I said, I can't imagine Anderson without it. I mean, I, I can imagine the money not being there, but I can't possibly imagine that, that not being there. So let's hope everybody will step up and we can get through this, this crisis time. And, um, Bounce back stronger than ever. Thank you, Greg. We appreciate all you do for our community. Anytime. And here is my interview with Christy just three days later after the community stepped up and made some donations to really help AIM kind of get back on track for the current time and for the next two or three weeks ahead. Because, all right, when we talked earlier this week, the freezer was bare and it was not looking all that hopeful. And now... A couple of days later, tell me where we're at and what's been going on. You were just telling me some people had stepped up. Greg, yesterday was an incredibly emotional day in a good way. Um, people have so responded to our needs to feed the hungry. Um, restaurant owners and their struggles right now. Um, Tandy Wickheiser from Creekside brought in four SUVs full of food. And then this morning there was a truck from Cisco that delivered delivered um, to our loading dock, um, which has really helped us, um, given us enough that we're anticipating feeding at least 50 families a day um, for the next couple of weeks. And that freezer is going to just keep getting empty, so people need to keep stepping up and supporting, right? People who haven't thought or been thinking about it, or, oh, I meant to give a donation or meant to do something, it's still time to do it, right? Absolutely. We, we're set up on Amazon Smile so people can go there and order. The okay. problem with that is it's mostly on back order until April. Right. Um, but, um, yes, you know, it will go. It'll go quickly when you're feeding um, that many families. Um, so if your listeners, um, readers can continue to step up, we'll continue to be able to feed the most vulnerable in our community. And just keep looking on Facebook for updates and go to aimcharity.org to donate. And you can also donate from Facebook, right? That's right. It's not uh, done, but it was a huge, remarkable story to see how Anderson stepped up so quickly to make a difference that will make uh, a huge difference in the lives of so many families in the days ahead. Um, because it looks like we're now we're under a, a you know, a shutdown pretty much of most regular life as we know it, at least through the end of April and probably beyond that. And it's easy to overlook how this current situation is affecting our local charities, not just in the food donations and stuff, but many depend on the spring fundraisers and donations from major spring events to solidify their budgets for the year. I know the Anderson Free Clinic's walk with the docks is a huge one that comes to mind. It's had to be, they had to delay it. Um, with all of these events, big and small, um, some have been canceled. And with the growing demand for services and other kinds of needs due to the layoffs and suspension of many occupations, the burden is growing and is getting larger and larger. But we still have great organizations here continuing to fight on. But the challenge is real. Um, some have suspended services. Others have just had to adjust how they help others but all need our support more than ever. And if you don't know who to help, visit Facebook and search for, and I'm just giving you this as a short list, there are others, but AIM, Meals on Wheels, Anderson, Clean Start, Salvation Army of Anderson, Haven of Rest, South Main Mercy Chapel, the Cancer Association, and any other group working to make our home a better place to live. 
Uh, even small donations can be very big these days because, as I said, some of those big um, annual events the, have been delayed or some have even been canceled, and many of those donated to our local charities. I talked to the executive director of the Cancer Association of Anderson, Angie Stringer, and she and, and that organization is practicing distancing and doing all they can to to work either from home or to work in ways that can keep people safe. But they are continuing to help people who are uh, have been diagnosed with cancer and who need some help. I just wanted to get a quick catch up with you. How is all this virus stuff affecting what you're doing? Because you've got a high risk population and plus trying to raise money and a lot of care events, charity events have been canceled and people who do other events yeah. that contribute to y'all. I mean, how is this hitting you guys? Yeah, it's been kind of tough. Um, we've had to go to, we had to write our continuity of operations plan for pandemics, which, uh, you know, we had, um, when I first came, we had a continuity of operations plan, but you know, um, pandemics was kind of smattered because none of us had ever dealt with that before. Well, no, neither had so, our grandparents. Um, I mean, this is, you know. Yeah. So we had to put that into effect. And in order to keep, you know, our staff working and to help, because, you know, our number one objective is to continue to help our patients. Right. And then our number two obje um, objection is to, um, is to help our uh, staff um, right. keep, getting paid so they can keep taking care of their responsibilities and do the things that they need to do for their families. So what we did was we came up with um, a schedule to help. Um, we've got our site manager and we've got our um, community outreach director and our project coordinator. And then we have um, one more person and three of three of our staff members are 24 hours. So they're part home with benefits and then um we've got the two full-time um employees so right. what we did was um i'm working full-time i'm working some in the office and some outside of the office so we don't have more than we need to have here in the office to keep our numbers low so we usually have about three maybe four people in the office at any one time um but what we're doing is we're still taking phone calls uh, we're on an abbreviated schedule, but we can still answer the phone so that we can still take care of our patients and make sure they're getting their mileage reimbursements, which we're handling by mail right. as much as possible now. And any new patients that are diagnosed, we're doing their interviews by phone okay. so that they don't have to, you know, since they're a vulnerable I was going to um, say, I bet this just adds to the stress of, of getting a cancer diagnosis now. Yeah. Yeah, because your immunity, um, goodness, I mean, your immunity is knocked out, right. especially if you're on chemo or even just right after surgery. And, you know, some people get diagnosed and they can't wait. They need to do the surgery right away. So, yeah, our vulnerable population has become, in a lot of ways, even more vulnerable because of what's out there. So what we're doing is just trying to protect them the best we can by doing most of our interviews by phone, um, uh, by having our uh, nutrition delivered directly to their homes, mm -hmm. um, by, you know, doing our, having the, the mileage logs can be either emailed to us, they can be um, faxed to us, uh, we can even get them if somebody doesn't have access to that, they can call their doctor and some of the nurse navigators are sending the um, mileage sheets in through um through fax or either through email so that the patients don't have to worry about it um, from their appointments. And we're just mailing the checks out. So we're trying to do business as usual 
but in a different way um, to help the patients. So it's really affected us. And like you said, um, the concern is that, you know, um, well, Rotary uh, Dancing for Our Heroes has been postponed. Um, that, was some a big, of the other that was a big fundraiser for y'all. That's a big fundraiser. That's about uh, 20000 plus dollars for us um, to come in. So, And some of these other um, festivals and events contribute to you guys as well, right, that, that have been canceled? Yes, and churches. And churches, and churches but, too, you know, yeah. churches aren't meeting. And a lot of times... Well, some of these Yahoo churches are still meeting. Have you seen this in Anderson? They're still. Some... I have seen it. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, Jesus wept. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, but, you know, the ones that aren't like my church is doing a video online. Right. They're, they're streaming services. And uh, but it and so far it hasn't affected, you know, last week our um, our donations and ties from church weren't affected. Because wow, y'all are in a minority then with that because I have just yeah. talked to some other people who really are getting hit hard with it. Yeah. Now, we, is, do you we know if the cancer I'm sorry, do you know if Cancer Association is eligible for any of the stimulus money? Are y'all looking into that pretty soon? I'm looking into it, but I just started looking into it. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that might be, a, you know, something that we can take advantage of. Yeah. Um, until then, we're doing some things. We just started just probably 30 minutes before you called. We started a Laughter is the Best Medicine campaign. Oh, okay. And what we're doing on our Facebook page is we're asking people to make a $10 donation and challenge someone to either do their scariest laugh or their funniest laugh. Oh, okay. And, yeah, we've got a couple of uh, restaurants that have agreed to make donations for um, gift cards. Wonderful. So that uh, we can, you know, save them up. And when it's over, um, the end of April will be round one. And so the end of round one, we'll choose, there'll be a people's choice, whoever got the most likes. There'll be a... Um, Scariest laugh winner and a funniest laugh winner, and we'll give a gift card for that. And so I made my first scary laugh online, which was probably scary for other reasons than <laughs> you can imagine. But um, anyway, I've challenged Kay Burns and, uh, okay. and Kim Ellison, who works here, and so they'll make their laughs and hopefully challenge someone else. And so hopefully um, that'll bring in a little bit to kind of keep us going. I mean, you know, who knows? I'm my. Uh, prayers or that you know people with generous hearts will be able to give and uh and can still give to keep our mission going strong well now are you taking precautions while you're out and about are you being really careful and trying to be oh yes oh yes listen yeah. i have my um I have my hand sanitizer in the car that's from um anderson county emergency services and we had our big meeting about two weeks ago right. um i've got that in the car and i've got a, a mask Homemade mask, but I have it, and um, I'm trying not to get out uh, because I have a vulnerable right, uh, family right. member. My father-in-law lives with us, so. Um, well, and I mean, and you're you're a you're a cancer survivor, and so your immune system could be compromised. You wouldn't even know it. Exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah, because you know, and I had a little bit of lung damage, and you know, they say the drugs I was on cause lung and and heart damage. So you know, I'm being very cautious and very careful and try not to be around people um you know i mean we've i've had to go to the grocery store right. a couple times you know and you just yeah i've tried not to use a cart just carry everything myself and yep. of course i've been um you know lathering everything down and spraying it when i get it home before i take it in so well it's just, um, we're we're just i wanted to talk to you because people need to be reminded if you're not in a high-risk group 
you're, you you run a high risk of infecting people who are if you're not careful. Yes. Yes. And so if you're and infected and you, you go into the grocery store and you cough on the cart or cough or touch yeah. items and everything, well, it lives on plastic and on metal and everything. And so if that next person comes in and they don't wipe everything down or don't have the you know, enough of it to wipe down. I mean, they're picking up germs and taking it home to their family. I mean, if somebody is not careful, and even if I'm careful and I'm taking all the precautions I can, but if I go out and somebody's just being, you know, nonchalant about it and not really being um, responsible and careful, they're putting me and my family at risk, even if I'm taking all the precautions I can, you know, so. And most people don't, um, that are infected probably don't even know it and may have mild right. symptoms, but they could be, they're, what they're given could be deadly to somebody else. Well, how yeah. can people, I mean, I know y'all y'all still take, you always need financial donations. That's the biggest thing now, right? Yeah, right now it is. I mean, we, we're going to need a lot more stamps. Um, so if anybody wants to drop stamps off in our in our post office box, we'd okay. be happy to take them. Okay. <laughs> stamps because now you know with everybody uh, with us sending them out, um, we're going to be spending a lot more money to buy stamps than we do. Right. You know, normally we already spend a good bit on that, but to have that to be able to mail every check out instead of just some is going to up our stamp budget. Um, and, you know, nutrition is expensive. For some reason, it's gone up. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Um, so the nutrition that people need, Booster Insure, um, has gone up. And we buy it at retail cost. We don't have an option right now. We've been looking for quite a while to find some at a discounted way, a, a way that we could get it at a discounted rate. So right. one of our other challenges is going to be um, – transportation because as this has gone on we've noticed a drop off in the number of uber drivers yeah. that are taking people um so that could end up being a challenge you know down the road to where we have to you know maybe even make it to where one of the staff people um if we can get the insurance coverage added on and everything to where one of us as a staff member could go pick the patient up and take them right. you know in those cases where it's desperately needed so there's some real challenges that we're, you know, looking at, and it's not something that, I mean, we can't not come in, you know, because all our files are here yeah. and uh, all our patient information, and we need that to be able to service the patients. So we're kind of uh, kind of in a situation that a lot of nonprofits are now. They were needed more than probably we ever were, yeah. um, and then it's a situation that we don't want to put our staff at risk either. So. Right. Well, and, and again, they can find out what's going on your needs. Probably Facebook's kept up to date the most, right? Yes, yes. Okay. We're in the process. We had started a renovation of our website before all this hit, and uh, we're still working on it, but it's just slowed things down a little bit. Okay. So um, right now the Facebook page is the best way to find out, and, and if people need anything, they can post their questions, and if they need it, you know, if they need to know something that they don't want everybody to know, obviously they can get our emails on the Facebook page and they can email us directly. And they can donate from there too, right? Sure can. You can donate to, from our um, right on our Facebook page. Um, it takes us a little while to get the money from Facebook, like two weeks, but sometimes three, but they don't charge us a fee. Okay. Um, you can donate on our Facebook page, I mean on our regular website page, but it's, pay, it's through PayPal, so we do get charged to see. It's not a lot, but, right. you know, but if they want to give 
to where we can get it quicker. Facebook is uh, is good, but PayPal on our website is quicker. Okay. Well, Angie, appreciate what you're doing. Be really careful out there. And uh, doing my best, Greg. I appreciate you looking out for all the nonprofits and interviewing us and the things that you've tried to do to help. You know the nonprofit community because well, that's you know one thing I can do you don't me. need us till you need us. Yep. You know <laughs> that's right. Well, you holler if you need anything else. Thank you. I appreciate it. And tell everybody, laughter is the best medicine. Then go to our Facebook page and laugh. All right, Angie. Thanks. I appreciate it. Angie is another one of those hardest working people I know. Um, she's among the hardest working. I just mentioned Christy uh, King Brock and, and some of the others doing these. Uh, Kurt Stutler down at Mercy Chapel. This, and I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to keep going because I'm, I'm leaving people out already. But I do want to mention they are out there doing this, putting themselves. And as Angie just said, she is a high risk in a high-risk category for the virus, but do keep her and Christy and Kurt and those others who are out there trying to help the less fortunate friends and neighbors in your prayers and support them if you have the resources to do so. If you've been thinking about making a donation to one of these and you do still have an income coming in, you should be saving money by being at home, so use that money to support our local uh, folks. You know, another group that is obviously feeling a financial pinch is area, is, is area churches. Um, this is a group that a lot of people don't think about it because a lot of people have shifted over to online services or um, you know Facebook live services or some other you know, delivery of their services. Uh, I know uh, First Baptist Church of Anderson both does uh, online and has their their church their broadcast on the radio uh, AM radio as well for the, those who don't have internet and their, some of their older folks may not. But this Easter season is typically the time that brings in the largest crowds of the years to church, which is also means, I don't mean to be crass, but it also brings the largest donations and offerings. And this virus has forced those who are acting responsibly to close their buildings and to hold those services remotely, which typically means a big drop in giving. Um, I have talked to most churches and they say it is critically uh, low. Giving is critically low. I only talked to one, one place, uh, that said so far people had been calling in or dropping their tithe in the mail. But uh, most churches are, are really, their budgets are going to suffer severely from this. Uh, some churches are still holding services, which I find a disgrace. Uh, I may put a list together of those and just read them next week if they're still out there doing it. But some of these which do this already had online services in place. So to bring in, you know, people who, many of whom are in the high-risk category, older people, uh, unnecessarily put them at risk is just foolhardy and people who are doing this are just in full of religious pride and misinformation and they're peddling misinformation and like I said they're putting many of their own people who are in high risk category in danger and I just think that's a shame um, but if you are someone who attends a church uh, ask your pastor what you can do to help uh, during this time if you can't give I bet there's something else you could do from home to help the church uh, you can, and you certainly can be praying for your church if you are a church person. And we hope those churches can get through this okay and come out. Uh, the church has been pretty resilient over the, the century. So, but it sure would be nice if they didn't get pinched too bad by this. We'll talk about that more in the next podcast. But I do want to, again, say you know, if you're a part of a congregation that's still holding services, you know, I encourage you to stay home. This pandemic is dangerous. And... Um, you know, holding 
services in the light of that with nothing more than religious platitudes and like I said downright misinformation is not wise the scripture is also calling us to love God with all of our mind and this behavior is an affront to that biblical mandate so don't don't be going to large groups at church and finally April has started and every the beginning of every month I do an interview with Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns I posted a video of this interview on the Anderson Observer and Anderson County's media have a YouTube channel, they have a, a, an app on Roto, Apple TV, Google, Amazon, other streaming sort of places. They have an edited version of this, it's a shorter version, but uh, the longer version is can be found on the AndersonObserver.com. Uh, and for those of you who prefer to listen to audio, because it is just a, a, a video of, of me talking to Rusty Burns, there's nothing other than just the audio to, to this. You can hear what he has to say about the state of the county amid all this virus stuff and also how it's affecting everything from roads to economic development to county council meetings to how things we're going to see things in the days ahead. All right, it is the April 1st. This is not April Fool's Day. I wish this was a joke, but this is the coronavirus edition of County Update. First, let's clear up confusion on county council's ordinance, if there is any. Explain what it does. It gives them emergency powers in the coronavirus. What does that mean? What does it not mean? Well, A, every power that was granted under the emergency declaration, we'd already implemented because we have a seamless relationship with all of our departments and the sheriff's department. So all of those items were done, but it really puts us in a better posture to receive any state and or federal funds. It also streamlines some activities that will allow us to move quickly and deal with situations by transferring resources from here to there. And that's all it does. It does not grant dictatorial powers. It doesn't grant martial law or any of those things. Just those reasons I explained. So the people who are calling asking all these wild questions, it doesn't add anything. Nobody's changing anything. It's, this just gives us the legal authority to seek, and particularly the idea of seeking grants, right? Well, seeking grants, but also if we have to make an emergency purchase of face masks and material like that, it streamlines that process a little bit. Do we still do it competitively? Yes, but we're competing against 50 states and 8,000 counties and cities. So it allows us to move a little bit quicker. But other than that, we're still completely transparent. Everything that we do is documented and everything that we will do is available to the public all the time. All right, I'm going to talk about this more in detail as we get along, but how, how has this virus changed things for the county in terms of providing services? Anderson County is still open. We are providing every service that we did before. Some of them we're doing in new and unique ways because we've restricted access to public buildings. That's for the safety of the public and the safety for the employees. But everything we were doing before, we are still doing. But we're also trying to be sensitive with separation of our people when they're here, stressing hand washing. We have in some cases an A and B shift and just trying to keep everything running because it's our job, no matter what's going on, is to make sure that the government is up and running. We get emergency requests for this, emergency requests for that, and we're responding just like we always did. Now, some of your face-to-face -face transactions might take, instead of in the past, take an hour, we might have to take a day. Two of the worst emails I received were from surveyors who said that we were trying to put them out of business because we were closed. And then we replied that we were not closed and we didn't know where they heard that information. And they were both delighted. 
and pleased with that, but they never bothered to write back and tell anybody that they were now pleased and delighted, other than their friends. Yeah, we don't get you don't get. I bet the bulk of your calls are not pleased and delighted people, even in the best of times. No, they're not pleased and delighted. Well, you got some county workers are working at home. Who are some? Just so people will know what's still going on. Who are some of the essential employees that are still having to leave home, come to work? And... Well, naturally, our nine one one dispatchers are having to come to work, and they are receiving zillions of calls. So they're working. All sheriff's personnel are working, and you might notice. Uh, that there are more sheriff's deputies on the road because the school resource officers are not at the schools. So they're on the road. The same with the city police, too. So you're seeing more police officers out because they're not doing school resource work. But, I mean, we still, roads and bridges are still working. All of our landfills are still open. As a matter of fact, we have received more debris and recycling than we do at Christmas. And that has to do with people who are staying home and catching up on all their chores and carrying things to the landfill. So we're doing that. But even where that's a little different because in the past we would try to come out and if you were an elderly person or you, you know, needed some help, we would actually try to physically come over there and help you. But now because of the coronavirus, we really, and I mean, we have some of our guys and we really want to be able to go and say, no, you can't do that because you could infect them or they could infect you. So pretty much everything is still up and running. You just can't get in the door. People forget though, you mentioned roads and bridges, the people that are keeping the wastewater treatment plants running and all this, there they, are people out there, and even, even, and I know it's not a county thing, even to the, to the electricity, and there are people out there that have to be working so we can stay home and work. Well, And you've got a lot of employees staying home and working too, right? We, everybody who can work from home, they're at home. And there's a skeleton crew everywhere else as long as you can work from home. And we're also trying to be sensitive to people who have underlying conditions. And we also have some employees who have people who have the coronavirus, and uh, that's very hard on them. So we're trying to be sensitive to that. But every service that we provided, we're still providing and will continue to do so, no matter if it's just two of us here. And do we, does the county have any employees that we know have been tested positive or? One at the airport, and that person hadn't been at the airport for 12 days, but we still had it cleaned, inspected, fumigated, and that is currently locked, the terminal at the airport. We will still sell aviation gas, and we will still sell jet fuel, but other than that, that's the only thing that you can do at the airport. How, how will this situation affect long-term projects like roads and construction and other things? Well, one of the things, this is also the time of the year when you begin work on your budget. Well, you really work on your budget all year. When you finish the last budget, you're looking towards the next year's budget. And we know there's going to be a decrease in revenues. So the county's already begun tightening their belt, and we always run lean and mean. As I've said before, our county... For counties our size, we have fewer employees than anybody else. Total sheriff and total county employees is less than a thousand. About 600 are law enforcement personnel, the rest around 400 here. But we're still doing what the public expects us to do, and they should expect us to do it because they pay our, our salaries. So it'll just be time delayed because of the thing. I mean, things that were under construction and things like that are going to be, you know. It's, everything's going to be held up for a while, not just in Anderson County, but everywhere.
What about planning? I mean, this has to be sort of a logistical nightmare because when you push everything out, that pushes planning out. What, what's that? Yeah, but we're, we're, we're adapting to that. So those issues like that, like some of the projects that we wanted to get done, we've kind of put on hold or we're trying to wait for things to settle down because we really expect the next three to four weeks are really going to be bad and going to be critical. And, and I take that from the president's remarks that hold on the next two weeks could be catastrophic. But if you have two weeks catastrophic in the large population centers, you know that's going to trickle down to us. So it's a weird times. I talked to uh, Mr. Bill Brissy the other day. Mr. Brissy, most people in Anderson know who he is. He's 88 years old, has more energy than me and you, still works every day, runs the touchdown club and everything else. And he said in his 88 years, he had never seen or experienced anything like this. Yeah, is it too early to tell if, how the county's self-insured health plan will be affected by this? Or? So far, we haven't taken any licks because of this under the county health plan. So keeping our fingers crossed. What about county council meetings for the foreseeable future? That last teleconference was not ideal, to put it kindly. Are there plans for online telemeetings, and is there going to be better technology? There will be better technology, but you will understand that I've talked to my colleagues around the state. I talked to the former county attorney, Mike Pitts, who's now with the city of Greenville, and he said they had one of those, and he said it was a complete disaster. So I think you're having a lot of cities and counties trying to figure out how best to do this and allow public input. And that's a challenge to do that. Greenville, when they were going to do their ordinance on stay in place, they were going to give the public until three o'clock to call in. And then at four o'clock, they would have a meeting and they would take the public comments and reflect on them before the meeting at four. But I mean, <clears throat> you don't like to do government in the dark. People are suspicious anyway. And so, thank goodness we don't need a council meeting this week, possibly not next week. Our county ordinance says that we have to have at least one meeting per month. But I can assure you that county council is really concerned about having a meeting that the public cannot participate in. And until we can figure out, and everybody has a great solution, and I haven't seen a perfect solution yet. I was even thinking we would all go stand 10 feet apart and do it in front of the new courthouse and then the public could come stand in the courtyard. And, but anyway, we're not there yet and we're not with a great technology and, and we've had so many wonderful people tell us, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. Trust me, we're looking at every one of those to see which one is the best and still allow the public to participate. So y'all haven't found anybody with a, one that really works? I hadn't seen one that's super fine that does it perfectly it's big enough yeah. yeah and i haven't seen anybody else find one either because the key is to be able to like I said, even if you can't allow comments to be able for people to listen but not be able to talk because that's what was that's what killed the last one everybody talking yeah. over everybody and but hit the mute button has been very popular we were on a conference call this week with all 46 county administrators with dhag and they wouldn't hit the mute button then so, I mean, I've had more than one of those meetings. All right. So big thing, though, county's working on the budget for next year. Um, how has the virus impacted that work, and um, how has it impacted this year's budget? Well, A, I know this year that council's looking not to do anything that would add a burden to taxpayers. That's what every member of council has stated. We, because of this, because we know that small business is taking a dramatic hit, 
we know that our large manufacturers are taking a hit. We don't expect the economy to be really good for a while. So the county council does not want to add to that burden. As a matter of fact, they want to look at ways to lessen that burden. So that's what everything is going on about. But this time, or around this time, we would be having public meetings and working on the budget and the public would be invited. But now if you do that, you're going to kill the public, you're going to kill the council. So again, it's hard. Now, by May 15th, we have to have some kind of first reading. Our ordinance states that. So we're still trying to figure out the best way to do that. But I wouldn't look for any drastic actions by county council. I know that our treasurer, Jason Phillips, is looking to see if he can delay penalties on uh, people who could possibly lose their houses for tax reasons and things like that. So the county council is very well aware of how bad things are, and they want to be the help, not the hindrance to it. But again, with suspicion, and there is a lot of suspicion, not only in Anderson County, but across the country, you have to be as transparent as you can because people always say, well, you did this, but you really were trying to do this. No, we're not that smart to be doing that. So. Well, that first reading, when it is put together, be online so people can... Uh, it, that's May 15th. I don't know what the world will look like in May 15th. All I can tell you is we have to have one. But it'll be available for people. It will be available and people will get to see everything. Uh, Captain David Baker and his team already had some crisis plans in place, maybe not for a pandemic. But how did that help the county respond more quickly? We have had, and Lieutenant David Baker is a godsend in the role he is. I just promoted him to captain, maybe they'll... Well, I call him Lieutenant General, so that's fine. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Josh Hawkins, or Shaggy as everybody knows, his assistant, and the whole team over there have been working seven days a week, all hours of the night. But our past experiences with weather events and things like that, we know how to do this. Nobody knows completely how to do a pandemic. Did we have a plan for that? Yes. Is that plan... Parts of it work, parts of it don't. So we're really making up a lot of stuff as we go. What do we do with the homeless population? That is a very big concern. You have to say, God bless the Salvation Army for everything they've done to help us. But if we have homeless population, we need a place for men. We need a place for women. We also need a place for people who are simply being quarantined and people who are positive. You're looking at four separate areas. And it's families, too, in that. And it's families involved in that, too. So we're working hand-in-glove with the Salvation and other partners, finding places to do that. We're pretty close to doing that. We also have placed porta johns or portable toilets in areas around high-density areas. And we've also put hand sanitizing stations out for the homeless and anybody who happens to need it. The city has a Porta John and uh, Triune Mercy Center, uh, Reverend Kurt Stutler's uh, South Main Mercy Chapel. South Main yeah. Mercy Chapel down there, I'm confused. But uh, Kurt's doing noble work down there and they're feeding people every day. I want to put a pitch in if anybody's got a stray dollar, you need to send it to the Salvation Army. If anybody's got a stray dollar, you really need to send it on Meals on Wheels. Before the crisis started, they had a waiting list of 400. That's before this happened. That has accelerated, and they can feed so many more people, and one meal, 
probably cost around $5. So any small contribution to Meals on Wheels would be appreciated. All of our charities are doing a whole lot of work, but we work, we serve as a funnel for Meals on Wheels to receive a lot of funds from the state and feds. So we're more, we know what they're doing, but they're feeding people. The schools are doing a remarkable job feeding Dang. kids. Ames doing a remarkable job. United Way can't say enough about what they're doing. They stepped up first with the backpack program to make sure that people are getting fed. And if I'm leaving somebody out, Soup Kitchen's doing it. Everybody is really pitching in, and a lot of them are doing it to their danger. I mean, our frontline warriors are our doctors and nurses. They are, they are the ground troops. They're the shock troops. They're the ones that are getting it every day, and they're doing a wonderful job wonderful job can't say enough about them and the janitorial people in the hospitals that are and the janitorial people everywhere should be getting awards and prizes and everything a like parade. that yes we may just we might have one um that kind of leads to uh, well the other thing i will say though is the community needs to continue doing this they are stepping up when they put the word out they need stuff i know meals on wheels had a fundraiser it's doing really well ames freezers were empty we did a story and they starting to fill up but people need to keep that up how will the county make decisions moving ahead do y'all follow the lead of the state is that pretty much well there's been a lot of discussion on about who can close things down last friday the attorney general for the state of south carolina said only the governor has the ability to close businesses and we're following that lead. But then his opinion shifted to, it may hold up, it may not. Y'all may can do it. You may can do it, but you may can do it for 15 days because before we can sue you, you can do it for 15 days and the 15 days is over and you take it off. What am I going to sue you for? Right. Yeah. So there are a lot of mandates. Is it really a mandate or is it a guideline? Which are just sort of, in terms of, as we move ahead, you're following the state's lead in terms of reopening anything or doing anything else? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's a real strange economic development season, and I guess the whole world's in that boat. So I assume it's pretty much at a standstill for economic development? It's at a, it's at a standstill. We have projects that want to move forward, but we are not going to have a council meeting just for that to happen, and they understand that. So we're good. We're spending a lot of time taking care of our existing industries, helping them with different needs, providing information on what to do, how to sanitize plants, all of those types of things. So we're providing that information and guidance. What about projects that were almost completed, like the sign on the 85 border, Green Pine and Dolly Cooper Park constructions, or are they just going to hold? Well, those things that were already funded from last year's budget or even a budget before that, those things are still continuing. Finishing up is the appropriate word. No new projects have been approved by county council at this time. Will the sign be finished soon then? I mean, do we... Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, pretty soon in time enough for us to close the border. <laughs> All right. May 1st is typically the open date for the Anderson County Farmer's Market. Is it too early to tell on this, or is it possible we could have a drive through market? I talked to Sharon about this. And Sharon has been looking at different things we can do to serve our farmers and also provide fresh fruit and vegetables to people. We're looking at that. We're trying to figure out a way to do it safely so you can do that. And uh, she's worked, Sharon Nicometa, who's a genius, is working on that along with Glenn Brill to see if we can do something on that. But we won't have people congregating anywhere to do anything. So, I mean, I, the idea I mentioned to her was, you know, if, if particularly once the, if it drags on into June, 
people could say, I need tomatoes, this, order them in advance and go and have somebody put, bring them to the car and those kind of that drive. Yeah. That place is set up good for a drive through. Yeah, it would serve as a drive through. Uh, another thing before I forget it, the Anderson County Fair has been postponed. That has already happened. So I know a lot of people are upset about that, but, but the people who run the fair made that decision, not the county. So we didn't close the fair. They just said, we're not going to do it. Well, we hope, we hope more people have wisdom to not have to have somebody tell them to do right. it because I'm pretty sure we would have had to tell them. Well, that kind of leads to what I was going to ask next. Some of the biggest annual events have either moved, like the Chili Cook-Off and State Championship Cook-Off in Belton, and then others like this Pendleton Spring Jubilee, which was a huge boost to that economy, has been canceled. Um, is it too early to tell about uh, the Dolly Cooper Park May event or Saluda River Rally? And it's too early. But it depends. It really depends on the next two to three weeks on what's going to happen. And nobody knows that. The best, the brightest, the smartest don't know that. So I don't think we're, we're in the middle, and I don't think we're near the end. I think we're at the maybe at the end of the beginning, if that makes any sense. Maybe that's where we are. Yeah, it is unknown. Um, another plan that had been picking up steam was the Courthouse Square property, or are we still kind of working remotely on that? Developers have been in contact this week, but that's also been slowed down. So how are you going to have a meeting, and how are you going to discuss that when you can't get together? And they don't want to get together, and we don't want to get together. We're trying to practice safe distancing as much as possible. We're telling people to please wash your hands 85 times a day. If you can, stay home and don't get out. And I know sometimes that's impossible. You have to go to the grocery store. I have to go to the grocery store. So we're trying to promote those things because they seem to be the only thing right now that's working. Is that the same? I guess that, my next question, that's the same thing about the cooperative sewer project with Pendleton and Clemson still? We haven't had a meeting. I mean, that seems to be working well, but I mean, everything is frozen and stopped because I know because we talk to our emergency team talks to every mayor every day we talk to every police chief every day uh, we talk to every county council member two three times or four times a day because they receive a lot of questions you know like what's this what's this 90% of the time they know the answer sometimes none of us know the answer but we'll go research it and try to get back so that's what that is but Another thing that we're pushing out on our website is we've had a lot of people try to sign up for unemployment. Here is a suggestion. That system is old and antiquated and not built for this. So if you do something, I would suggest you try to get online if you're doing it online early in the morning or late at night. If you were looking for one of the loans, okay, you should go to your bank. Your bank will be the place for the payroll loans. You need to talk to whoever banker that you talk to. Possibly those things could even begin next Monday, possibly this Friday. So you should do that. On the Anderson County website, we have information on how to take advantage of all of these programs. We're also encouraging people, please be careful of scams that are going on because they have even called the courthouse trying to scam us because, you know, they're random dial numbers. And people don't understand, they can dial uh, 100,000 numbers in one second. And they can make the number look like somebody you know. Yeah, they can even use your number and call yourself. 
But, I mean, they are out there. They're out there in full force. If anybody calls you on the telephone and offers you anything or anything connected with this virus, hang up. Do not talk to them. They are con artists out there running wild in the streets. Please be careful. Don't lose your money. Because this day and time, money is hard to come by. You've been involved in this in a long time. Have you ever seen anything quite like this? No, I've never seen anything like this. I have never seen anything like this. We have been through pretty good snowstorms. We have had tornado events. Nobody, as I remember telling you, Bill Brissy, 88 years old, nothing like it. When you ride down in the middle of the day and Main Street looks like a ghost town, something's up. When you can ride up and down Clemson Boulevard freely, something's up. When Traffic on the interstate is two-thirds down. Something's up. The one thing people can do, and the census has already started, even though the virus is here. And please Remind do people it. why it's critical that they take part in the census here. A, your representation in Washington, in South Carolina, in the county council, and in your town is based on representation. Numbers. Purely, purely, purely numbers. Also, any aid or assistance you get from the federal government and the state government is based on number of people. We encourage everybody in Anderson County to participate in the system. You can do it online. If you can't, they're going to send you a paper to do that. You need to do it for your own good. Help yourself by participating in the census. And people always need to remember when they talk about, well, that's not in the Constitution. Well, the census is in the Constitution, and it's mandated that we will do that every 10 years. And our founding fathers had a good reason for putting that in there as one of the foundations of this country. And people can do that from the privacy of their home, either by phone, mail, or online. They don't have to catch yes. anybody. And I can tell you right now, from our early numbers, we're about 25 participation all around the county. That's including towns. Wow. And I would definitely make sure that you participated in the census. In the middle of all this, the other stuff, there have been some bright spots um, and creative thinking in the county. Uh, the library has uh, Faithline, her librarians um, have the temporary library cards, electronic, which people can get books, movies, they games, have, all kinds of stuff for free. You can get hundreds of free services from the library. You can call and get a temporary library card. Or just go online and get or it. Or go online and get it, and you can access magazines, books, anything and Comic it doesn't books, cost movies. you doesn't cost you a dime and it's there and i can assure you that uh the people at our library are starved with desire to help you as much as they can they are eagerly waiting and want to be of service and they have been because i think they've seen a big jump so please avail yourself of that service please keep your librarians occupied because they want to be occupied and uh take this time to learn and reflect what are some other creative things you've seen going on here in the county? Is there anything else jumps to mind? That... Just how, how, how a lot of this work that we're doing offline and how we're still able to uh, help the real estate industry and help the legal community do the things that they need to do, provide information and services to people, uh, the ability of our emergency preparedness people to find supplies, uh, Spraying and disinfecting, we got some uh, machines from TTI that we've adapted. We can go in and clean up a whole building. Just things like that, people thinking outside the box, thanking our EMS people who run the ambulance services because they half the time don't know what they're going into. Uh, this, 
there's just so many things that that people are doing that they haven't done. When I tell you there's going to be a shift in the way government's done, a shift in the way education's done, I mean, it's affecting the funeral industry. Right now, things are different, and a lot of things will go back to the way they were, but a lot of people will say, you know, we didn't think about doing this this way, but this may be a better way for us to do it. So it's interesting. And one of the things, just talking to the employees in the county, how much they appreciate the teachers reaching out to their kids and teaching them. You know Matt Shell, our parks manager. Matt's only about 6'6", six, six, 300 pounds. And he was telling me how his children's teachers were helping him. And, and I thought he was going to cry because he was so touched about the sacrifice they were making to make sure his kids didn't miss anything. And but you're seeing that all over the county. about teachers volunteering to ride on these buses to deliver meals and that the kids just are so glad to see them and the teachers, are, people forget who people, they hear shutdown, they forget who all is still out there putting themselves at risk and, and really trying to serve the community. Um, and, and, and some of our employees that we told to stay home because of their health things, and they're calling them, I want to come to work. I, I, I don't want to be here. And he said, you have to stay home. You, you can't come here. You're going to die if you do. Well, people are going stir-crazy already. It's pretty Oh, obvious. they're going stir-crazy. And it's going to be another month of stir It's going to be another month of being stir-crazy. But please, don't gather in groups of three. And now some places say just two people and stay home as much as you can. And the parks Main, are closed. The and parks the are, closed, are closed. And, and, and all of those things are closed. And just in case anybody's thinking Anderson County did it, the governor did it. Right. But I'm not arguing with it either. So... It's just, it's a strange time, and it's going to be a strange time. Where You mentioned the website. What's the best place for people to stay up to date? Um, AndersonCountySC.org is our county website. You can go to any county website, and you can Google them all, and you can find it. So we try to keep the latest information on the Anderson County Facebook page. We try to put the latest information, and we're trying to uh, keep current information up on the Anderson County Television, all of our platforms, Roku, all of that, to try to get that information out. I strongly suggest they go to the Anderson Observer because that's cur currently updated on a regular basis and usually has the latest information. So there's just a whole lot of ways to get the information. County's there's Facebook and Emergency Services Facebook. Emergency Services Facebook. And there's also a whole lot of places to go get bad information. You don't have to go to get it. It no. comes to you. And so you can get a lot of bad information that's not true. All right. Finally, in an attempt to help people look ahead to better days with no pollen and cooler weather and Maybe we'll just be talking about the virus in the past tense. Let's talk about my favorite county endeavor, the courthouse Christmas tree. Yes. The cost of the tree and upgrades have already saved the county thousands of dollars, and the savings now are just, it's, it's like we got a free tree. Yes. What about the continued growth of the tree? At the current rate, I did the math, it looks like we will actually pass the size of the Rockefeller Plaza tree in 2030. How likely is this to happen? Well, I know that we place the electric fertilizer around the tree as we do every year after we take it down. And from what I've talked to our facilities people, it's growing pretty good. So I have a sneaking suspicion it will be taller next year. So in 10 years, we could be at 80 feet. And then we will be the center of the world. Anything else people need to know? Please stay home if you can. I understand you can't always stay home. Please reach out to those charities that we talked about. I know money's tight. I know very well money's tight. I know people are losing their jobs. One of my daughters is one of them. And so if you can help anybody, please try to reach out and help them. 
And of course, my daughter who lost her job had two other jobs, so she's still all right. She's only doing one job as opposed to three. But uh, anyway, please stay safe. Please maintain social distance. And if there's anything that we in Anderson County can do to help you, please let us know. We're here. We're answering the phones. Uh, if you have a problem with the road, if something caved in, give us a call. We'll be happy to help you. So the county is still running as hard as they can to keep things going and to be ready to come out on the other side of this. There are a lot of challenges ahead, just as there are in the community I mentioned. But, you know, the one thing that I didn't mention earlier is if you can do nothing else, try to be an encourager to those who are having to work right now. Um, not only our health care people, first responders, our dispatchers, our law enforcement, uh, our retail workers, our restaurant workers. If you do order food to go or you have any sort of um, contact with these people out of necessity, be kind, be generous, and um, let's show people what kind of community we do have and that we do care about each other. Well, that's it for the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust for another week. Join me again next time for more local news interviews with people you know or need to hear about, more updates and more commentary on what's going on in Anderson County and how we can help. And until then, get out and do something to make Anderson County a better Outside place. Outside the rain begins And it may never end So cry no more On the short dream Will take us out to sea Forevermore, forevermore. Close your eyes on me, and you can be with me. Neath our ways, through the caves of ours, long forgotten now. We're all. Oh